Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. I'm David Kosh, not Nadine Blaney. I know you're missing her, uh, but uh, we have got a lot ahead of us over the next hour. You are tuning into the call 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. Uh, let's bring in the panel straight away. Jumbay Lou from uh, uh, from Tribeca. Jumbay, good to see you. Good to Welcome see you. to 2024. Thank you. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Mark Gardner, I think we've seen you this week a couple of times on Ausbiz. Yeah, uh, in the week, yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Have you here? And uh, quiet week. Is it a week to sort of get things sorted? Um, we've sort of been involved in the uranium trade, so we've been pretty happy campers this week. Um, um, but yeah, overall, relatively quiet week. And uranium. Obviously, yeah, well, I was looking at the uranium commodity chart uh, the other day and uh, almost overlaid the lithium chart mm. uh, 12 months ago. Yeah. Uh, thinking, oh, gee, is this well, that, the peak of another commodity cycle? Well, I mean, lithium in that first run, year of the, um, of the run-up was up 60% but then went on to compound that by another 100-plus right. percent the uh, next okay. year. So we're at $100 a pound now, which is 16-year highs, and um, and you've got companies like Paladin coming into production first quarter well, yeah. in the next 12 weeks. So Boss yeah. doing well, record Boss, high for Paladin, yeah, yeah. record high for Boss. Um, is it too late to get into into uh, uranium, Jumbo? Oh, look, I think we're sitting in there with Boss. Um, mm. You know, I, I think the uranium, the momentum is going with it, right? So I think for the time being, it will do fine. But on the medium term, you just got to be a little bit careful. Difference between uranium and lithium is that you don't need much uranium uh, to mm. get to the final, um, you know, power uh, required. Yep. So in the overall whole process, this uh, entire uh, uh, supply chain, uh, the uranium required to supply the demand is only two percent of the overall cost right, right. so mm. it's very easy for uranium to go into oversupply but of course it's very difficult to get them out at the moment we don't mm. have enough so right. that's why you see that price continue yep. to move higher someone saying we might go to 150 and that's that's significantly yeah. higher yeah. Yeah. share price will go higher based on that but you just want to be in the BHP boardroom ahead of time before they go ah oh, let's flip yeah. the switch on Olympic <laughs> on, on, on the largest, yeah, yeah, right. on the largest right, discovered yeah. uranium <laughs> deposit in the world yeah You're just sitting there in mothballs yeah all the infrastructures there and the whole thing so well, they, they talked about 70 to 80 dollars about six or seven years ago and it's mm. through there now so I'm sure there's been oh, discussions had. Mm. all right okay let's get into uh, the stocks that we're going to cover on this first half hour um really interesting cross-section of stocks. Illumina is coming up. We're going to run the ruler through on that. Tabcorp, uh, ResMed, Megaport and Ordinate. But I thought stock of the day, something a bit different. I always choose it, something that's in the news. And um, uh, the launch of these Bitcoin ETFs overseas, 
billions of dollars being invested into them in the last 24 hours. Um, as we we looked on the trade just half an hour ago here on Ausbiz, uh, the Bitcoin chart has broken out, um, but you're starting to see some of the professionals selling out of Bitcoin. I said the the professional traders are selling as the mugs are all coming in <laughs> through to, through to ETF. Would you be buying a Bitcoin ETF at the moment, Jumba? I, I, I don't think so. Um, right. You know, for me, the um, look, there are so many ways of investing in Bitcoin, and then you you don't really need a Bitcoin ETF to do so. It's usually a sign. We've seen it again with so many yes. different asset oh, class. No. It's a sign. It's the top of the market because there's so right. much hot money sitting in it. Um, look, Bitcoin itself, in terms of fundamental, it's really reflective. Of where the risk, um, you know, investor risk appetite sits. Last one month, we had a massive bull market across the NASDAQ and Bitcoin tend to somewhat correlate it with that because people want to buy alternative asset right. class to chase return. Um, so from here on, it does look like it is looking very, very volatile. Um, perhaps it's something you should hold in the portfolio, but it, it, it's very difficult to find the fundamental support at this point, just simply because regulatory environment is tough for its fundamental to say it's definitely this price. Um, yeah. So my view is that I think Bitcoin is not something that yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mark, because it's had a massive run up mm. in the last six months in anticipation of overnight when these ETFs yeah. got, got the go ahead. So, you know, you've bought the dream. Uh, do you now sell on reality or is this going to give Bitcoin another leg up? Um, I don't, I'm not necessarily, I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference for the, I think it provides more liquidity on a longer term basis. I think it gives, it legitimizes the crypto space. What's well, it's it's one further step forward in legitimizing the crypto space yeah. as a as in a proper asset class. So it, um, I mean, the Winklevoss twins tried to get an ETF going on this in like 2013. So it's been a long time coming overall. Yeah. Um, because the SEC has yeah. been dead against, and still is, mm. says this is a market that is run by the Russian mafia, basically, oh. to, to quote Yeah, them, and they've probably, been overall. Probably a nudge from the IRS, easier yes. for tax, tra tax tracking in the US. So um, they traded, yeah, nearly $5 billion first day. Um, there was three, 11 spot, BTL, um, spot Bitcoin ETFs, uh, BlackRock, Grayscale and Fidelity were the three largest. So, um, yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fairly significant, um, you know, first, I think it's broken the record for first trading day volume in, ETF, in an ETF by but miles. Would you, would you buy... Um, look, I, I, not at, not at the moment. I'd see how it plays out. I mean, our, our look, we, I think Ethereum. Mm. If you're going to look at actual crypto, Ethereum's got a lot more utilization value because um, it will do. It's got a better blockchain, smarter transactions. Bitcoin's kind of the, it's more the flag bearer really. It's um, it, it's it does does simple uh, online transactions. So, but look, the fiat currency system. I mean, I, I traded um, obviously credit spreads in, in the in the GFC, which was not much fun at all. And um, and essentially, I actually bought some Bitcoin back in you know in around about 2010, which I got impatient with, and I unfortunately sold way too early. But yeah. the um, but the, but the basis of that was that you know it's the you know if King Dollar has a fall, their, their national debts are spiraling through the roof. So yeah. you know, and there's not the, the euros. You know, it's I heard a currency analyst say you know it's the um, it's the least dirtiest shirt is the US dollar. So if, it, if you've got currency analysts saying that, it's like, so it, you know, things like gold and, you know, crypto, they're, you know, they're stores of value. They, yeah. they may start to attract 
Um, they may start to attract some further pricing up. There's a halving of Bitcoin in April this year yes. as well. So, um, and yeah, I, I, I think it, assuming that there's 50 to 100 billion, most analysts have said, flooding into it this year, they still are calling 100,000. But look, it's I'm, at this stage, I wouldn't be, nece- wouldn't be necessarily buying here at the moment. I, I would, um, yeah, same as the risk assets. The, we're not getting long risk, at, uh, risk assets here at the moment. Yeah. So we probably wouldn't be getting long Bitcoin. Okay. But probably looking to buy the dip for and the long term. A billion dollars in the first 30 minutes. That's that quite good. Certainly <laughs> reflective. There's a lot of demand for it, right? Yeah, demand yeah. as yeah. in, you know, both sides. So maybe the, what this does is facilitate the liquidity for um, the asset class. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually when it does mature, this will have a lot more value. Right. But it's just really early stages. It is really early class. stages. For, for, for an asset class, yeah. It's, yeah. it is early stages. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to uh, take a look at. Uh, Harry wants a view, Jumbay, on Illumina, uh, sole asset, 40% um, of Alcoa. Um, it's it's like an aluminium version of doTERRA, isn't it? It's sort yeah, of almost like a royalty check. <laughs> It's a bit like that. It kind of sits in the um, so the uh, so instead of aluminium, direct exposure to aluminium is the actual uh, commodity, the aluminium, um, yeah. and the aluminium has been in so much oversupply, um, and then the demand, clearly global demand, the China demand for aluminium was quite weak for last little while. So yeah. um, you know, demand environment may well improve, but the supply was phenomenal, like with just so much supply. A recent announcement of you know supply now being cut, um, actually that's good news. But the right. problem is they're not making much money. Yeah. Um, so it is a very, very tough commodity. You see it rally, but look, it, the fundamental hasn't improved. Maybe, you know, global growth pick up a little bit. You know, if we don't have recession now. Things might be a little bit better. That might be better. But there's still massive amount of oversupply in that space. Uh, I'd much rather play aluminium, which is probably put you in that South 32 sort of space right. instead of because that one's got a bit of coal, a bit of other things mm. that should help yeah. it to uplift in share price. This one is a little bit lower quality of both. Right. Interesting. We had mm. the South 32 uh, chart mm. up in the last half hour, mm. um, and the analyst was saying that it's a really interesting point of breaking back out. Absolutely. I mm. think South 32 look incredibly attractive. Um, it is every commodity in within its complex that has moved higher. Yeah. And the share price hasn't actually moved all that much. It's just a level of skepticism yep. because the rep- result, you know, for many results, they just fail to deliver to, you know, what should be a, a good environment, trading environment. So hopefully this result coming, it will be better. Um, but where share price is, is not really taking too much risk. With right. it. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd, I'd be I'd be selling out of this one. I mean, you know, uh, cutting supply and cutting jobs and things like that is, yeah. you know, you, you, I think you generally would sell sell into that because um, it's not overall a great thing for a company. Obviously, it reduces the costs and. I think it's probably your opportunity to, to get out at the moment, but yeah, we're, we're also looking at South 32. It's it's a little bit hard because they they, they mine and produce a lot of things, and yeah. it's a very com- it's a, you know it can be quite complicated for instead of a simple single play commodity um, mm. like some, for instance PLS or Fortescue, mm. where you, know, you can do the math pretty simply, yeah. um, mm. and those those things tend to go on runs a little bit sooner than South 32 because mm. it, the average investor is probably looking at the annual report and going you know this is I've got a we've got a juggle about five different things here so yeah. but yeah I think risk reward wise um, South 32 is a far better play um, right. and and, um, and these guys you know these guys for the moment is you I think you've probably gotten a little bit lucky um, with the pop and 
maybe just take, take advantage yeah, of take advantage of it. Yeah. That's right. Uh, actually, that's a very good point. I was just thinking across the commodity complex, right? Most of just remember, most of mining companies are not great. You know, a lot of mining companies really in the really tough space, and um, you know, you're really choosing which ones better amongst the tough bunch. Mm. The really high quality ones are your big names. You know, your Rio, your BHP exposure, your Bulk's doing quite well at the moment. You know, obviously, iron yep. ore prices, but everything else is kind of you know, you need the higher watermark to drag all the boats up. And at the moment, it seems like it's gradually happening when China come back a little bit. So they will all do a little bit better. But right. remember, they're the, the best out of the bad bunch. Um, yeah. You know, you always got to be mindful. It's never a big position in the portfolio. Right. Mm-hmm. Although um, um, an analyst mate of mine was saying, you know, the most reliable trade is buy BHP at 40 bucks and sell at 50 mm. and then wait for it to come down to 40 and that's oh. what they will. basically trades. That's right, they're, they're cyclicals. There's yeah. a few trades like that. CSL, CBA, if you go back and look at the chart the last yeah, three years, they've all been pretty pretty similar. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and you know, everyone was shocked in, what was it, October when CSL got down to two, 230, but mm. it regularly gets down to 230, 240. That's right, year, in the last few like. years. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've played the range about five times in that in the last three years. And it's right. just got to, we just take off half and just buy it back when it gets back down. It's otherwise, I mean, you're not holding, for, you don't care if you miss out on the dividend, it's 1%. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just, you know, until okay. something material changes um, and there's an excuse to punch through those highs, it's yeah. um, probably continue to repeat. Mm. Okay, so I know for Illuminus, 32 a better option for you harry uh paul wants a view on tab corp mark the, the gaming group yeah look we were out of this moment it split um out and we preferred sort of the lottery corp. so did you go with lottery corp did you yeah we Lease just yeah, corp, anyone right. who had it we we essentially just sold the tab and then bought if and then just bought the tlc yeah. instead um jumbo interactive we probably quite like in that space because it's got a little bit more scope for growth um mm. given it's got the u.s market um there's been a couple of massive um jackpots over there as well there's one around yep. nearly a billion dollars so uh, they, look, there was some recent decent news um, in this. There was really favourable terms and a higher margin for a 20-year deal um, was Victorian Racing. Um, but overall, it's it's a it's such a competitive space, um, and you know it's a fairly um, you know it's a really mm. sort of old school business. And I think there's probably better opportunities out there. I mean, they're never going to grow outside of Australia. Really so would you still, uh, it's done nothing, as we can see there, since um, Lottery Corp was was spun out. Mm. Would you go in, still go into Lottery Corp? At, at uh, I'd probably prefer Jumbo Interactive at this stage. I, I just like the potential growth. Which is the tech it. business that drives the yeah. online, online uh, and, Powerball and, they, you know, and Lotto. And they've got access to, I mean, to European and US lotteries, so they're yeah. you know their their addressable markets a lot larger. But um, and these gambling businesses are pretty they're, they're pretty solid during recessions. If you're worried about an economic slowdown, and they because we've actually had a look yeah. at these, but but just this pure Tabcorp, um, just not at this stage. I, I don't think it, I I think there's better quality in the space. Any yeah. interest for you? Yeah, so, yeah, I'll be exactly say I'll be selling Tapcor and putting into Lottery Corp. Lottery Corp is incredibly uh, value, uh, valuable, attractive at this point um, because they had a really bad run with the lotteries. Um, and then, but from January this year, so from now on, they will be cycling some really weak com, as in um, the earnings should start to turn around because you know right. lottery is already weakening twelve months ago. So things should start to improve for these guys. Oh. And same, you know, and then Jumbo is like more like a Delta High Delta version of the mm. lottery. And then once that start turning. 
these two companies will rally very aggressively. Lottery Corp was a share price that was uh, significantly higher 12 months ago when Lottery was going through a normal run. So, you know, this is, as you know, this is a very defensive company. Lottery normally grows at GDP and then you get a bit of pricing and it's year in, year out. But because they had such a strong run previous couple of years, (laughs) the Mm. Lottery was great. So, you know, they just cycle a little bit of tough period. um, And now it looks like it's going into that easy phase now. So it's absolutely a buy. Because the bigger jackpots mm. really are the big winners for that's them, aren't right. they? That's right, yeah, yeah, that's Over right. 15 million, I think they generally say, makes a, makes a material impact to the progress. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they've been allowed to change the algorithm, haven't they, I think, in the last, oh, uh, right, by go- okay. which, which is regulated by the government, oh. to make it easier to have those The big larger jackpots. ones. Oh, okay, yeah. that sounds, I actually didn't know that. That sounds yeah. actually yeah. pretty positive. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Mm. Uh, next stock, okay, third stock on the list, Justin wants a view on ResMed. Jumbay, uh, this um, has uh, one of our big healthcare healthcare stocks with the sleep apnea uh, machines that they produce. Got pounded mm. on the back of a Zempic coming out because mm. um, all the analysts thought that, or a lot of the American analysts thought that um, slimmer Americans wouldn't need the machines. So. That's right, yeah. So, And then quite to the contrary, so a few days ago at the JP Morgan conference, Resume put out their own research showing that, um, you know, we, we, with this uh, sort of drug actually expands the market um, ah. for sleep apnea. So, you know, they are able to show actually market grows. It's actually good for us. Um, and, uh, you know, because more people are now aware of their weight and then move into, so very overweight people move into the category where they actually start using these sort of um, things. So, um, so yeah, so they show it expands the market. But anyway, share price popped on the back of that. Um, I do think it looks very cheap, um, but do be a little bit mindful. There's a couple of new big studies coming out by those weight loss drug um, manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, so March, there's one big one by Eli Lilly. Um, that is the biggest one actually directly looking at sleep apnea. And we know, um, oh. yeah, and that is going to be negative to say, because we know they will be improved, like, you know, surely they mm. improve certain, because if you only look at the one portion of this patient, um, the one that's slightly overweight, but, and then you can reduce that and then you reduce the yeah. you know reduce the likelihood of sleep apnea. So it's going to be um, a bit negative for ResMed. So that might generate a bit more fear. So meanwhile, you know, it's probably going to move a little bit higher because earning might be okay. Uh, because this is you know this yeah. decade long structural change is not going to impact earnings. Um, right. But I think it just that just mindful it, that's in March coming and that will put a lid on the share price. Right. Um, so the next price driver is their quarterly that's coming. Uh, feedback has been a little bit weak. Um, on the quarterly. So, you know, just a little bit careful because resume moved big, big time uh, yep. on their um, sort of result date uh, on the quarterly and then it sort of moved then into the results. So just a little bit mindful of that. Just be a little bit okay. careful. That's not because of the weight loss drug, but it's just the, some disruption mm. to, yeah, to the loss. So would you be buying or holding at uh, the moment? Oh, so I hold it, but I, I'm waiting to buy when the result comes, when the quarterly comes in a couple of weeks, I'll add to it. Right. Resume is a stock you shouldn't be chasing at the moment. You just, whenever there's a pull back it just add to mm. it just add to right. it because these things they decade long structural trends oh, it's right. not going to have any and as impact what costs 10 grand <laughs> and you got to inject it that's right. So, so but the next few, next twelve months, I think they got the tablet coming. Um, the different right. versions of it. Yeah, there's there's some oral uh, ones coming. So, um, you know, I, look, side effects. They're still waiting to be seen. The side effect that sounds pretty yeah. bad at the moment. In Europe, some parts yes. of this being, um, you know, yeah. warned against. Yeah, you, you can't actually legally. Did you read that research report out of the US that was recommending uh, Delta Airlines on the back of Americans? 
becoming thinner. And, <laughs> oh, so uh, they can fit smaller seats. That's right. And, and the weight on the plane and the luggage will be less. And when I read that, I thought, that's this crazy. is getting yeah. stupid. Yeah, that is an getting extraordinary yeah. long bow to draw, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I saw the, that. The, the, those uh, anti, uh, so, so the weight loss drug basket um, last year done so well until, you know, obviously a month ago. Um, you know, they've got all the Domino's, they've got the McDonald's, they've right. got mm. supermarkets in the US, so essentially people eating less. Right. But, you know, the drug doesn't stop people eating less. They will eat less for a period of time. Then. If you like me, it'll be like a revenge eating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, You're still eating the same thing. Yeah, no, look, I, I think it's a buy. We, we were buying, um, I mean, look, it's a 40-odd percent drop, realistically, yep. down to well, you know, down to its lows. Um, I can't see the report. Even if the report's mildly weaker, it's still probably, um, you know, it's still probably fairly cheap. We've had, we, we sort of scaled in um, along that period. We were lucky enough not to have it at the time. We were... Um, for those that wanted exposure, we had Fisher and Paykel, which kind of remained fairly stable, but obviously yeah. we've now switched to Resmed given the price, because it's very rare you get a, a chance to get into this stock at like 25 PE. So, so you switched out of Fisher and Paykel into no, And not because Fisher and Paykel is a poor company, no. but just because Resmed was so cheap. So it, um, so yeah, we, we were scaling in at 23, 24, 23, 22 over a period of time, and more aggressive clients are pretty happy to buy the break here as well. Right. Um, but, but that just depends on you know what they what they want to do basically. But it's eighteen percent. It's going to affect um, you know eighteen percent of customers for sleep uh, or patients for sleep apnea um, uh, to do with weight loss. Obviously, this Eli, Eli Lilly study, you know, the same as Resmed's study is saying that they they're uh, you know Won't it's going to be good for them. Eli Lilly's obviously you know their research never comes out. No, you know in, no. It's, it's sort of it's, like research coming out from the Ponds Institute. I was about to say that. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, but look, it, if you do the if you do the maths, basically they've really got to pick up three to four percent market share to cover that. Um, yeah. And as long as they keep running the business well, which they traditionally mm. have done, and and I think the CAGR of the addressable markets six and a half percent a year for the next decade as well. So it's not a um, it's not a condition that's you know that's commonly diagnosed. So if, the more people that are aware of it, then maybe maybe everyone talking about it actually might the resume might be right. More people might go and get yeah. tested yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah. So because okay. it's not like something you know you know you don't know if you snore because yeah. you're asleep. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Usually well, your partner. Who oh, yeah, no, my, you in. my wife's not very good with me. But, you know. uh, at XDoc, Derek wants a view, Mark, on Megaport, sort of in that, if you like, that data centre sector, but it doesn't do centres, does it? It sort of basically connects. It organises uh, for you in a way, centers. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, look, I don't mind this one. Um, overall, it's, you know, analysts have got really positive reviews on it. Um, it's, you know, we, I think a consensus around 40-odd uh, percent higher. Um, wow. They've had their second consecutive um, positive cash flow um, quarter. And... And I think that's real. You know, they've. I think they put. They went forward about five and a half million. Um, the EBITDA was fifteen million, up twenty seven percent. The positive cash flow was five and a half. Um, annual recurring mm. revenue was six. So everything seems to be going in the right direction. I think data centers obviously are a. Um, you know, it, it's a growth area. Um, I, and they've started to roll out other products as well. So it, yeah. I, I think long term, this is a this is probably not a bad one overall. Um, probably just you know maybe get to see the next um, next earnings report, and uh, because this thing will swing around. Really, mm. I mean, look, we've seen it there on the chart. 
you know, we went up to $20 and back down to about four. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted. So um, if you really like it, you, I'd, I'd probably be relatively happy to buy it here in a right. smaller allocation okay. and then either add with momentum or um, or, or perhaps buy the, buy the dip. But um, it's sort of, it's not necessarily a space we're playing in at the moment. Um, we're sort of more playing at the value end. We, we okay. sort of see a slowdown um, in the middle of the year. So, but these, these are the sorts of the companies that, probably will get really cheap and we will have in our shopping list right. overall. Mm. Shumba? Uh, yeah, so um, I agree. Look, this company is very interesting and it operates, it helps the smaller customers have access to all these cloud products and things and you know, it's in the right space. Um, and actually, it's, it's, it's lucky we've got this um, this show. Uh, i just gone through all the earnings that's coming, so I'll refer a lot to the upcoming result. So I think for Megapol, uh, quarterly results very important. Uh, the massive re-rate in the last last six months, uh, well, last eight months is because, um, you know, the top line has hasn't really grown at the top line. The customer, new customer ad hasn't been great, but right. they've been cutting costs. So mm. they've been focusing mm. on get to cash flow positive. So, you know, all the tech company has that massive rally. So that's what's happening. Now, in the last few quarters, we'll continue to see that deterioration in the new customer ad. So that caused a bit mm. of concern. So, you know, and then that cost story is already in the market. So everyone's already expecting you to get to cash flow break even. But now with the new CEO, how are you going to grow? Are you a growth stock? You know, so are you able to actually grow new customer what has anything gone wrong i think this is the question that people will want to be right. answered so this there's a quarterly result coming in the next few weeks i think before uh, end of uh, january yeah, 30th, you want, I think. yeah, yeah. you you want to see that i think that result mm. will be weak uh, i do think it'll be weak it will move around a lot um and um you know and then it just whether that question gets answered so i think that's that's that okay. um the story is sounds good it's just we we just want to make sure that product is so you'd be replaced. a hold if you're in it and I sell or, it before before the result. There's okay. too much risk. In so it. sell going yeah, into yeah, the yeah, result because yeah. this thing can move quite easily, fifteen yeah, percent in a day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, right. it, it shifts around. So look, if you yeah. if you're not if you're not big on risk, yeah, I would be. I'd be take that advice yeah. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. You you rather buy? You, you can always buy it back. You know, just yeah. or maybe sell half of it. You know, so so for me, just avoid the risk. Um, yeah. Sounds like there will be a bit of disappointment coming through. Share price has fallen, so right. you know, but it sounds like it's a little bit weak. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, fifth stock, Diana wants to view Jumbay on Ordinate. The, uh, you're talking about tech companies yeah. that have had a good run. My little super fund is really pleased with Ordinate. Um, <laughs> should I be selling or holding on to it? Of course, it has its Dante protocol, uh, the global protocol for matching video and audio. Mm. I, I love this company. Um, I, a lot of time, I feel tech company find a winner, don't sell them. Yep. Um, because we tend to sell too early. You know, just a bit, plus this one is a global addressable market, right? Yeah. So, and they're the best in what they do, like, or they're the best in the world. They've got really. no comment. Apparently it's 98% of the that, market. That's what I find incredible market. for a little Australian company yep. to really grow that. I thought that was incredible. The best buying opportunity, I remember we were talking about it just yep. around that um, pandemic. I remember yes. all the lockdown, no one's mm. doing concerts, no yeah. one's doing all of that. We're talking about ordinary. Yeah. I think that's it incredible you find a winner mm. you stick to it right yeah okay it's so hold it hold it uh, yeah but would you buy at these levels oh look if you buy a tech company you just it's long term you buy it right yeah. okay yeah on a 10-year on a view you're happy to buy here yeah. um i'm going to put up my hand here and say i'm I made the mistake that Jumbo's talking about. We, uh, you know, we got in um, when tech was looking horrible last year, and we had a list of companies with a moat, and we did very well out of it. But, but yeah, I, we sold way too early, and and I've and I've regretted it ever since, really. And yeah. it'll be one of those things where, if there's some sort of event or uh, slowdown yeah. in the economy or whatever, and it dips, it'd be one. This is like one or two in the in the top, top
top of the list of things I'll be trying to get back in again. So mm. the uh, the video service and the cloud service that, that for the broadcasters as well is going to, it's a lot of competition in that space now, um, you know, for sports broadcasting with the streams coming online as well. Yeah. And this basically enables it, you know, you're not sending out a truck to an event or whatever, you, you're literally taking the vision and it's coming back via the cloud and yeah. and, and it's, it can be done in head office. So I think that's going to re- really reduce costs um, for the, you know, for sporting events and things like that. Um, yeah. But they, you know, they, they're rolling out the, uh, I think about four or five different sort of new products, which, you know, which sort of almost brings you even further and further into their web. Like you can't, you've got their, you've got their chips and then you buy their software, but now obviously their, their offering is just expanding and expanding to the point where you, you can't, you, you'll almost not be, you'll, you won't be able to avoid using them overall. So they maintained 32% growth through that COVID period in the three years over that COVID period in, a, in an environment where they, everyone yeah. would have given them a, um, a pass if they, if they didn't perform yeah. well. So yeah. um, would you buy at these levels? Though? If you, if you've got a long-term view, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, and as I say, we, we, we sold, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I would like to buy a little bit cheaper because it is a, you know, an extraordinary PE at yeah. the moment, but, mm. you know, I may well end up re- regretting that decision as well. So I bet, yeah, for, a, for on a long-term view, this stock will just continue to perform. Mm. So it's a, It is an amazing executive team. I met them in Canberra for the Australian, they won an export award last mm. year. Mm. Um, wow, that's incredible. But it's... Yeah, just really impressive. Mm, um, that's right. So management is the key, right? Especially yes. for those uh, those businesses. You need and coping vision, with growth. That's right. Coping with growth, um, and then have the vision, and you know, keep executing as well. It's difficult. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know, uh, you're absolutely right. Like there's a you know, tactically, it looks like it's gone up a lot. Um, but if you take over the long term, this will be you know, you look back going, I should have bought it then. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you will look at the macro horizon in the next twelve months, you know, the the, the market might get a bit a little bit volatile in the next couple of months um, because we had a big rally. Um, and then also people talk about this bond yield and, and the like, right? Yeah. People are still pricing in this, uh, you know, 75% probability for a rate cut in March in the US. Now, yeah. that is going to change because I don't think it's likely that probability I think it's dropped high. to 65. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's still too high. Yeah. Still too high. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so that means you, your growth stock might have a bit of a hiccup, you know, just as market readjusts to that. So the valuation, you know, expensive. So that higher. brings in Mark's buying opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think yeah, that's coming. Down. But yeah, if I park my emotions, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying not to, I'm trying to be patient at the moment, get back in, <laughs> yeah, but just it's, I, I just watch it every day and a little tear rolls down my cheek. It's just, it, I, you know, but we, we, you know, we did do well and at least, you know, when scarier times we, we managed to buy some, but yeah. yeah, it's one for the, it's one for the next decade for sure. Okay. All right. Let's recap the uh, first five stock, stock of the day were the Bitcoin ETFs, which have just gone gangbusters overnight in the US. Uh, both Mark and Jumbay saying, no, nah, um, it's a sign of the peak of the market. You'd be a mug to get in now. Uh, Illumina, a sell from both. Um, both prefer South32 as as an option for uh, for that sector. Uh, Tabcorp, a no. Um, sell from Tabcorp. Um, Mark prefers a related stock, uh, Jumbo Interactive, which is sort of the uh, the tech stock, the software platform that's used for a lot of the digital lotteries. Uh, Lottery Corporation is a preference of Jumbay as an alternative. ResMed, uh, buy from Mark, hold from Jumbay. Uh, Megaport, a, um, a sell from both on the volatility, um, but Mark's happy to, to buy at these levels on a long-term basis. 
Yeah, just a um, nibble, basically. A nibble, yeah. a nibble to get in and ordinate uh, a yes from both over the long term. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fun. Uh, the December episode, we didn't have a January one, everyone's on the holidays, um, is on the platform at the moment. In December, ResMed Car Group and John's Ling were added to the portfolio. Profits were taken on West Farmers, RPM Global and MA Financial. And the portfolio currently up uh, just over 19%. Uh, this half hour, we're going to take a look at Polynovo, uh, Macmillan Shakespeare, Bigger Cheese, Nick Scarley and G8 Education. There's a mixture for you, isn't mm. uh, Caitlin wants a view, Mark, on Polynovo. Uh, I'm a fan of this stock. Um, it's, you know, it, and talking about volatile, it's extremely volatile as yep. well, but... Um, this was, we've been looking at this for quite a long time, or I've been looking at this for quite a long time. It had some surgeon clients who basically said that the product, they were very keen on it, that the product was far superior to anything else out there in the market. So um, it's uh, Teflon, or whatever, it, it sort of uh, sterilises um, surgical equipment for uh, theatres, does it? No, no, polynovos. No, the skin, skin burns. Oh, the skin burns. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Um, the other one's Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, and they do. They've sort of broadened out now for um, you know uh, reconstructive breast operations after yeah. breast cancer and yeah. uh, diabetic foot ulcers and things as well. This Novasorb's um, done quite well. They've, they've adopted a like a aggressive growth strategy for now. Um, the U.S. operations profitable, uh, yeah. but. And it's a great product. Their salespeople now have got, you know, they can go and sell to multiple doctors. So there's probably scope for growth. And um, I think people are probably a little bit scared off on the, on you know, management. David Williams is um, managed there. I think he's involved in one of the other stocks, Bag and Cheese. We've got later on, but right. But they're, you know, they're unapologetically going for going for high high growth. So realistically, that might scare a few people off. Um, and because they're not going to be going net profitable, they'll be playing they'll be playing any profits back into the business um, going forward. From what I can gather, so it. Um, but it is a great product. It's high margin, um, and you know they're gonna they're gonna keep con- they're gonna keep on this growth strategy for for some time now. I think they've uh, China and Japan are being evaluated, but they're already in the UK, Germany, US. India, Australia, New Zealand. Right. Um, so yeah, it's. I think you'll get a you'll get an opportunity to buy this. I don't think you necessarily have to have it on right now. You want to probably see right. how they execute uh, because there is risk going into countries. You know um, that you know they don't necessarily have a track record in. Um, but it is. It's one of those ones that I think once they start to look towards stabilising the business okay. model, I, I, I think this is probably a, it's a great buy. But it, uh, it again, not one that's not, not for the faint. Okay. Jumbo, what Um, do you think? We had some terrific healthcare stocks, big and medium sized in this country. Australia is incredible. Our biotech is, you know, we have some of the most successful biotech, global biotech companies. So, and we keep having those interesting ones coming through. Um, I I think this one is, uh, it's one of the frustration thing about this whole Burns, um, the uh, the space is the same as Roa and then, um, uh, uh, and also this one, is that they all decide to go and sell those products themselves. And that's very expensive, right? You've got to hire the sales Mm. team, 
you've got to you know find the relation build a relationship and take three years before you actually sell anything and then at the same time you've got to prove to people you know do your study and go do it's great and then you've got to launch in different markets and they just cost money for a small company that has a product that is not that big you know your scale benefit is not there yeah. so that's the challenge because they see a lot of benefit in that well by owning the product rather than sell it to third party right so that's why it costs a lot of money to to get to that scale eventually mm. might be five years might be ten now uh, this company doesn't have enough money um, they come equity raising so I actually think in the next 12 months they, they should look honestly they should just raise the money and then put that aside then the investors can look at it going you you funded for the next three years mm-hmm. um, I know your growth is coming because the growth is good um, with the hospital reopened and everything else then it will move higher it just need to raise money mm. not enough capital um, and that is a challenge for this company share price is not moving higher because of that right right yeah, you need to be funded so is it is there an option to hiring your own sales team yeah, so um, I think the, there's a chance option is you share the sales team in the US right. with someone else. So you, you you get, say, 30% of their time, you pay for a share of it, and then they go out and sell a product. But right. the problem is they don't sell as well because they've got a portfolio of stuff. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the company like, you know, Polynovo or they just go, our oh, product is so good. I don't need to share with anyone else. Right. So that's, um, you know, I think. That's why they feel the drag. Yeah, right. that's the thing. Um, the reason I actually think um, Nanosonic has done really well um, when they went to the US market, incredibly successful, is GE. Yes. Relationship with GE. Yep. Straight away, you just put through mm. every channel. And who did that recently as well with um, as a biotech company? Did really well. Pharmaceutical. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's it was, incredible. Yeah. A lot of and, people going for it. Yeah. And they, they said. Mm they were using someone else to market it that's right. in the US, yep. didn't they? And yeah, that that's was right. the... That's what they said. We're good at our science. Let's yes. focus on the yeah. science and let somebody else sell it because we don't have expertise. Yeah. It'll cost a lot of money to do that. Mm. And I think that's very smart. So you're saying Polynovo should be doing... Following I think, a, a I think they should strategy. be doing something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that NEU, by the way, I think that company is actually very interesting. It really mm. should be. I see my portfolio um, and right. I think it's uh, it's really worth looking to. They're profitable. That company is profitable. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got all these commercialization coming through. It does remind me of early days of TLX, um, TLX yep. um, because they, you know, they're commercializing them mm. as they go. Okay. And yeah, and then and yeah, Neurons. I mean, that was only that was eleven dollars less than six months ago. So now we're now sitting at twenty well, yeah. twenty four to twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Telix the last few days as well has mm. rocketed oh, from no. nine to ten fifty or something. Yeah. So, yeah. and having another good day today. Yeah. So well. it's um, you know, I, I, I yeah, I, I'd not I'd not thought of it that way. But a lot of a lot of biotech companies will will actually um, farm out the. Well, they'll, they'll but instead of trying to IPO themselves, they will just they'll sell to one yep. of the big pharma companies beforehand, and just because that's just not their wheelhouse to go and do sales. So, yep. yeah, it's a, it's okay. a higher risk strategy. But if it comes off great, um, if it doesn't, then you know it's going to be it's going to be an issue with the with the low amount of capital. Okay, let's go to something a bit less sexy. Uh, Nicholas wants to be on Macmillan Shakespeare, which is in salary packaging and novated leases and the like. Jimbo, what do you think of Macmillan? Uh, look, I think that one. I prefer the uh, smart group. Uh, I like the whole novated leasing space right. uh, because of that shift to EV. Mm. Uh, because government incentive now, there's huge pickup in EV leasing, um, and that is now seems like have expanded the market. Um, we heard from every player things are doing really well on that front. So mm. I actually think in the next this is a tailwind for the next few years for right. this whole sector you know all of them will do okay but it will do pretty well
well. And I think smart group is just an easier way, more pure play. Um, MMS recently had a bit of a hiccup. They lost a contract and then uh, smart group won it. Um, it's a bit unusual. Normally they just shift a little bit of it, but this is the whole contract has gone over to right. smart group. So share price is very, very cheap relative to um, a 30% discount, I think, to smart group. Um, you know, I think it does look quite cheap. If you want to choose a value play in that space, that's the MMS, but I would prefer just a simple, you know, SIQ, um, just go for the smart, smart group. group. You want to okay. play that leverage to the EV. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, story overnight out of the US, Hertz is selling 20,000 EVs. It's incredible. Uh, because uh, out of their fleet, because they find uh, they're too expensive to run. Uh, and the go. maintenance and mm. repairs and things like that. I thought, oh, everyone seems to be buying EVs at the moment, but to get a big owner like that deciding to sell. Well, I think on top of that as well, Tesla's six price cuts in six months um, basically meant that Hertz had to write down the value of their fleet and Ah, they they were not particularly happy about that. I bet they were. So, um, BYD or something. (laughs) a bit cheaper. Well, exactly. So, um, (laughs) what do you think of it, Melon? Yeah, look, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not really. Yeah, not really a space. I, I, again, SIQ would probably be our preference. Um, and look, that just purely from the the basis of that contract win, I think it's probably a, a sign of um, you know a sign of the times that there's you know SIQs emerging. So um, yeah, but look, I, it's not really. I think they just sold a UK business uh, with net proceeds. Um, but yeah, I. It's it's not really a space where you know we're, we're massively keen on. We we've, if we were going to play, it was definitely SIQ because it was right. that more that more pure play because we came to the you know to looking into it on the basis of those you know the fringe benefits tax exemptions and things that we're going to push EV sales um, you know through through salary packages etc. So yep. um, that it's a much simpler play. Um, so yeah, I, I think Go for they covered it pretty pretty yep. well. Okay, uh, what about bigger cheese? Uh, Elise wants to be on. On, on that mark, you were talking about some of the executives and the big dairy yeah. group, but also um, owns Vegemite, does it? Vegemite and things, yeah. Butter and- yeah, it's. Um, I think they're making improvements to this business overall. Um, it's still probably not. You know, it's not something. It's not not yet at a point where I, I would feel the need to invest in it. Um, I, they, they're very much on their. You know, it's very much about building the brands now um, and. And I look, but it, you know, the gate milk prices are still very volatile and quite low. Um, and you know, I, I, I think the strategy is still that sort of that shift in strategy because um, it's been it, it was horrendously run in the past um, yeah. is still sort of in motion. So I'd just like to see it play out a little bit better, see what they can do um, do with it over the next couple of years. There's no compelling reason um, from a you know from a, a capital um, growth point of view or a, or a yield point of view where you know where yeah. I, I feel the need to jump into this but certainly i would keep an eye on it got down next. to five-year lows last year mm. uh, like every stock benefited from the santa rally so again you're saying if you're in it may maybe see this bounce as a wave shifting out. yeah I, I just think you can have your money sitting in better in better yeah. things i mean even yeah. even you can even getting seven and a bit percent in fixed income so Okay, and because this, if you if you really love it, and you and you you know you really want to own it. I mean, it's still probably going to be a couple of years before it really starts right. to see any upturn if they get it right. So, um, but 
I, I think they're doing, I think they're definitely going in the right direction, but it's about fairly priced at the moment. Okay, mm. Shumba? Yeah, I kind of agree. I think bigger is, uh, they had a lot of problems and it's a, a little bit opaque and so many variables driving the earnings. Um, and one of the big delta, I think, for this company was uh, the demand for skin milk powder was very low. Uh, last year, clearly China, you know, border closed and consumer yeah. week and everything. So that has driven, you know, pricing, you know, demand for their stuff is not very good. But we have seen that price for skin milk powder start moving. Um, mm. So the demand out of China just, picked up. Oh, um, right. Obviously, Chinese consumer, you know, if we go with the thesis that China will come back online, consumer buying more stuff, um, and hopefully infant formula starts selling more, then you see that demand coming through. But, you know, yeah. it's a little bit dependent on what happens. So you see the share price rally on the center rally, as well as, you know, there's a skim milk powder price start moving higher. Right. So the result might be okay. I think result hopefully will be okay. Then might get the share price moving a little bit, but then you really need the China demand, yeah. the infant formula and all that demand. To so is back. A2 a better option? If you want to play demand, A2 is direct play, a player in, in that space. And A2 has been taking share in the top market. So if the demand does come back, or maybe <coughs> you know, we're getting more, more birth rate, um, yep. you know, there will be, like A2 is multiple times leverage to that space. Right now, just birth rate is very tough. Right, mm. okay. All right. Um, let's turn our attention to retailers. And despite all of the predictions of the, the economy going into a massive slowdown, retail stocks have done pretty well. Uh, one of the leading ones, Nick Scarley. Earl wants a view on Nick Scarley Furniture, Jumbo. Yeah, that's a buy. Um, I think, look, at you know, there might be a little <coughs> volatility. It's had a big run, though. Had a big run, but still. Still a buy at yeah. these levels. I actually think, so, y- yes, that's right, because uh, I think retail retail sector was a be- one of the best performing sector last 12 months. Yeah. Now, this 12 months, I do think retail might be a bit of weakness in the next month or so because of the trading, <laughs> but I think it's uh, it's going to be a big year for them again. Um, Nick Scarley, uh, you know, furniture was very, very strong in December. End of December, furniture sale was incredible. Um, you know, I think Harvey Norman was talking about, you know, some double digit improvement. It's very strong. Mm. But in January, it seems the first couple of weeks of January is tapered, tapered off a little bit. You know, right. consumers sort of shrink back a little bit. Um, but maybe trading up, update a little bit weaken things. But you will be buying on the, you know, I'll be buying now. But if, if the trading update is weak, and you'll be buying more of it. Um, I think heading into the next 12 months, we've got tax cut coming. We've got immigration coming through. We've got a lot of things going for retailers. Um, yeah. You know, I think they at the moment they are having a pop because of the Christmas trading was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I just think you've got to, um, you know, buy them as they, you know, volatility come through. Okay, so would this be, uh, it's a buy on this, but it, it would this be your number one buy in, in retail? Uh, uh, it, it's pretty high, but it's very high. It's very illiquid, right? So for me, like I right. just feel it's too liquid. Rather than buying- Family with, owned. Yeah, yep. and you know, it's either Harvey Norman or this one if you want to buy furniture. Right. Uh, my number one pick actually is uh, 10 Point Webster. That's right. also my furniture oh. space, but that's a more structural growth story. They've been doing so well and I'd much rather sitting in there. Uh, but this one, you know, if there's sell down mm. and things, I definitely okay. take advantage of it. Well, this is the only one we've disagreed on today. Um, I've been in the past, been a massive fan of Nick Scarley, uh, particularly yeah. obviously down around those when it, because it is illiquid. It, it does tend to overextend um, either way. Uh, it was so funny, you know, in the middle of last year, it was, you know, the everyone, the, the anecdotal evidence <laughs> evidence from the um, from the analysts saying, oh, everyone bought furniture in COVID, no one's going to buy furniture yes. again, was, yep. just, was just so wrong. It was... It was laughable, but I, 
I think we've had these strong sales. A lot of it's been priced in, but concerningly for me, the, the Scarly family have sold a massive chunk of their shares and right. um, 4.6 million shares and they've only got 6.4 million left. Um, oh. And that's that'd be one of the biggest chunks. So for me, that look, I do like this company. It's very well run. Um, and it, one of the things I've loved about it is that found, it's found that the founder's got a skin in the game. Yeah. Um, at these prices for me, with that happening, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be out. Um, Did they say what? Why they sold out? It, it would seem like a very thin sort of partial disposal um, is to diversify the family's assets, yeah, so increase the free right. float, yeah. which the free float is an issue because it's basically, it's really tightly held by a bunch of funds. So. Yeah, so what I heard, this, so how it worked is there's a couple of, well, there's one institutional buyer want to buy a stake. Mm. And then they went to uh, the broker and said, can you please reach the family? Because you can't buy stock. It's very difficult yeah, for anyone to buy yeah, decent. Yeah. So, they, so it was buyer led and then they went to family, please yeah. let's sell some, diversify okay. your thing. So they sold it. So it didn't actually go to the market, it just went to one person, yeah. which annoyed everybody else. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if you were trying to buy a significant volume in that stock mm. as an yeah. institution, you'd be, it would be in an, an absolute nightmare. Mm. So right. it. Um, but you've been a bear on retailers for a while, haven't you? Because but this is this is one of my favourite retailers, right. though. Yeah. I've got to say, but we've just it's gotten to the point where you know I just think we, I mean we were buying you know eight eight or seven dollars or something in the middle of last year, and it looked a little bit scary, but the, you know, it, yeah. and I think big ticket. We're, we're sort of more predicting a, an economic slowdown in the middle of the year. I think people rejoicing rate cuts is, um, you know, rate cuts is because the economy's slowing down. If we're yeah. going to get rate cuts, then realistically, it's going to be for you know the wrong reasons, and and perhaps these big ticket items, you know, are something that people, um, right. given the given the high level of sales, that people maybe because Nick Scarly furniture is a big ticket item. Mm. So Absolutely, yeah. Well, they've got plus yeah. now as well, which is a little bit cheaper. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, housing turnover to drive that so presumably if the house mm. housing market start to pick up then you will have that kind yeah. of turnover happen. but we're, we're just happy to sit out for now um yeah. and look and, and the retailers have had a great run and yeah we just we just we've got a bit of a wait and see attitude until we see for how things all play. retailers just for all retail yeah right. i mean look in special circumstances where something gets really cheap and we think it's mispriced absolutely we're, we're happy to do it but the retail sector at the moment is is fairly high like west farmers is around oh. nearly 57 58 dollars and we're, um, you know, and with with the predicted, we're predicting a slowdown. We just sort of think. So, that we'll would get you be getting out of retailers? I, I'm, we're out of retailers as right. it stands at the moment. Because um, they've done well. I, I know you're well. saying buy Nick Scarly. Mm. Would you be taking profits on your West Farmers like the investment committee did in the I'm absolutely or? with you. Yeah. So, I'm selling the West Farmers because I think West Farmers are slower growth businesses, right? Yeah. And then there's lots of exposure. There's lithium and everything. Share price not reflecting the lithium weakness. No. So, uh, looking at every other lithium company. So I'm definitely using that to fund into something else. And Nick Scully, it's not like one day you can get set because, you know, you yeah. kind of just wait for the weakness to come through. And the reporting season, as I mentioned, January is a little bit weak for the retailer. So they will give a six-week trading uh, update. Right. And that's going to be a little bit weak. I think all the categories are a little bit soggier this uh, in January. Right. So I think that trading update might drive the sector a little bit lower. And this is, uh, to me, that's the buying opportunity. So what are you switching out of West Farmers into? Oh, so I'll be looking at this. I haven't started buying yet, but uh, I'll be looking at those ones. Um, you know, JB Hi-Fi is something I really like, but it's also done incredibly well. Yep. So you just got to wait for your time. I don't mm. think they're going to rally away from here, but just wait for your time to come back because right. just as we head into the mid and mm. you know mid year, it's going to be very very strong for these guys. Because it's been an incredible November and December, mm. and you think to yourself, 
Well, um, you've got seven group, uh, mm. uh, all time highs. That's incredible. That's right. Uh, Wes Farmers, huge salt pets, uh, mm. the perpetual thing, mm. uh, soften a bit. But you think that's the thing. Even we're looking at the seven group as well. You know, heading into result, um, the, everything we can see is though the result they will have a good result yeah. and they will give a conservative guidance as they always mm. do but they will beat on result because then they i don't think they ever miss so yeah. you know so you kind of go do i hold on to it do i you know mm. but you know the result's going to be good and there's certainty in the result whereas mm. a few other company where you're not sure you kind of just don't want to hold yeah. them because yeah. the share price moved big on the reporting result yeah. there yeah. uh francis wants a view jumbay on g8 education is that one of the stocks that you'd be backing? Uh, yeah, look, it's, it's been a company for listed for a very long time. I think yeah. finally it seems like the, the headwind has uh, reducing. It's, it's getting better. Um, I think the occupancy is still not yet great, um, but uh, in terms of the cost, it's heading the right direction. I still think it's too early because, you know, um, with a lot of those um, wages, it will take many years to come through. Um, and occupancy, um, I actually just think occupancy structurally is going to be a little bit lower than what historical level is. Um, mm. So I think, you know, they're running business as well as they can, but it's just harder to see this industry to really see that tailwind that we've been expecting for many, many, many years um, yep. for childcare. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, the wage increases it really did ha- hit that Massive. sector the minimum it's huge it's, yeah and then we've got many years to come through yeah. as well mm. as it washed through look pretty, at that share price pretty yeah. flat <laughs> yeah chart. not really an inspiring chart is no it? it's not and that's with a lot of government support as well yes. and eventually mm. government will withdraw those support for the you know for the sector to get on its feet yep. but it is very difficult it's just a labour intensive business you need yep. people to look after the kids yep. yeah mm. yeah it's it um, Sort of like aged care in a way, even they can't really they can't really increase margins or increase costs without getting you know public backlash etc so it makes it very difficult for them to but meanwhile they've you know they're struggling to find staff and they're having to pay off a staff and then so they're not really they don't really control their margins so it's, that that really makes it a business that we we, we like businesses that control their margins and they, right. these guys it, it will be pretty tough um and they yeah, I, it's about par at the moment. It's something that if we see a structural shift or you know, if they can start to get that occupancy rate up, um, and I'm really surprised it, it's 70% occupancy or thereabouts, but obviously you know, with an unemployment rate and participa- participation rate where it is, you would ex- yes. I would have thought that would be, much high, would be much higher because you would need someone to look after your kids. So, um, and you know, maybe, maybe one of the things in the household budget that, that gets cut if we do have an economic downturn because yep. either one partner loses their job or, or et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So, or they I, cut back on their days. And, exactly. So, um, well. so yeah, it's, it's, we, we, we liked certain parts, parts of the business, but it, it, it really is, it's very hard when you're not, when you don't have, um, when you don't, you can't make your own price yeah. and, and you've got government subsidies having to come in to help yeah, out and things. Absolutely. It and, makes it difficult. And regulation on staffing levels and the like as well. Well, yeah. All right, let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Polynova, no from both uh, Jumbay and Mark. Uh, Macmillan, no from Mark, hold from Jumbay. Both prefer Smart Group in in that area. Bigger a no from both. Nick Scarley, uh, buy from Jumbay, no from uh, 
from Mark and G8 Education, they know as well. Mark Gardner from NPC, good to see you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Enjoy the weekend. Jumbo Blue from Tribeca. Always good, good to, to catch you. up. Thank good you. Good to see much. you. Uh, that's it for our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, uh, go to osbins.co slash callpicks or tweet us on um, on X using at TV. Add any comments or questions for each of the stocks. We love that as well uh, to get an indication on your thinking and where you want the analysis to go. Uh, see you same time on Monday for another edition of The Call. Stick around. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.